Welcome, everyone. Happy 2017. How's your year going so far? Yeah. It's great to have you tonight. I see some new faces. Really glad that you're at Genesis tonight. I really enjoy the, the months of December and January. And Christmas is always great. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Christmas is always excellent. But then you get to that part after Christmas and you start to reflect on the past year, and you think about 2016, and like, okay, what happened to me in 2016? What happened in my life? Uh, what did I accomplish? Did I follow through with all those goals that I set, that I set in, in January of 2016? Did I grow closer to God in 2016? Did I become more like Jesus? And then you start thinking about January, 2017. God, what have you called me to accomplish in 2017? You start setting new goals, and you start dreaming new dreams. I love this time of year. And I know lots of people set New Year's resolutions, and a lot of those fall by the wayside after a couple of weeks. But still, there's something special about the beginning. It's the beginning of a new year. It really is a fresh start. And what do you want 2017 to be? I don't think that you want it to be a year of disappointments. I don't think that you want it to be a year of unwanted consequences. You don't want 2017 to, to be a, a year of bad decisions. You want 2017 to be special. So what if 2017 could be the year of wisdom? The year of wisdom for you. Just think about that. What if this year you could grow more in wisdom than you ever have in any other year? What if that could happen? That's what we're going to be talking about in our new series, The Year of Wisdom. And uh, 2017, I believe it's going to be your best year yet, but you need wisdom. I need wisdom. We need wisdom. And so we're going to figure out how to get it. But I want to tell you a story. When I was a kid, and I did lots of dumb things, um, and, I, I, and I remember all the dumb things that I did, and I, when I look back, I can't remember that many wise choices that I made. I mean, I remember having a, a BB gun fight with my friends, not wearing any you know, proper protection, a, a helmet or anything like that. I got shot right in the face, and uh, the BB is still there to this day. You can come and feel it after service if you want. A magnet will stick to my face. Uh, bad choices. You know, I remember always involving BB guns for the most part, like shooting my neighbor's window on purpose. Um, and just, you know, you remember the, the mistakes that you made. But what about the good things that happened? When I was a kid, uh, I, uh, I played sports. Um, I played baseball for a, a season or two. And then I didn't play the next season. I played football for a season. I didn't sign up to play football the next season. Um, I, my, what am I, I played, uh, I didn't play, but I, I did Taekwondo for a while. Anybody ever do Taekwondo or karate? Okay, I know CJ's, he's like a black belt or something. He's like a ninja. But I only got like three or four belts in Taekwondo. And then I just got tired of it. And I didn't want to go to practice and I quit. 
Then one of my favorite sports was basketball. I loved basketball. I'm always outside playing basketball as a kid, down the street at my neighbor's house, playing basketball in his backyard, sometimes, you know, until midnight. They turn the lights on. You can barely see. Uh, it, we'd play all the time. I loved basketball, but organized team basketball was a different story because played for a couple of years, but then I got this coach that I didn't like. He was really hard on us. I didn't like the practices because it just wore me out. And so I quit basketball. I quit basketball actually before the season even started. But I had joined the team, and then I quit. And this wasn't good because I really let the team down. And even if I'm not that good of a player, I committed to play, and then I quit. And so I developed this bad habit of quitting, not finishing things. And I even got a bad reputation for quitting. And people would say, oh, are you going to quit again? Are you going to be a quitter? Are you really going to do that? Hey, don't sign up for that. Don't do that if you're just going to be a quitter. And that just stuck with me until I graduated high school and I went to Bible college. And at Bible college, I joined this internship program that was a program for uh, training for ministry. And I learned a lot of fantastic teaching when I was at Bible college. I there's lots of good teachers and good leaders that spoke into my life. And the director of the internship program that I was a part of, I learned a, a lot of things from him. One of the many things I learned from him was to finish strong. If you commit to do something, finish it out, see it all the way through. Because how you end one season is how you will begin the next season. So I, I thought about that. And I there were times during the internship program that it got really challenging, and I really was tempted to quit. And during my first year, I came very, very close to quitting because it was really hard. But I stuck it out. I finished, made it through, came back the next year, finished that. <clears throat> and until from that day forward, I have never quit anything unless the Lord led me to do it. Let's the Lord moved me on to a new season of mine. But I haven't quit anything since that moment. I have, I'm not saying that I, you know, have learned all of life's lessons. I still have a lot to learn and a long way to go. But that was just one nugget of wisdom that I learned in that season. And it made a huge impact on my life. Because if I had quit during my first year, my life would look totally different now because I went on to work for that Bible college. I went on to be the director of that internship program, which would have never happened if I had quit the program, if I had quit school, right? It would have never happened. In fact, if I had quit during my first year, then I would have never gone on a mission trip to Mexico during my second year, and met Rodney Richard, who is a pastor at this church. And so I would have never developed a relationship with him. I would have never been invited to come to Northwood. I wouldn't be standing here speaking to you tonight if I had made the decision to quit. So that is what wisdom can do for us. Now, like I said, I haven't figured out all of life yet, but that, that's just one 
piece of wisdom that I got by the grace of God to finish strong. That's a principle that I learned. In 2017, what are the principles that you need to learn? What are the the nuggets of wisdom that God is wanting to teach you? Because one word from God can change your life forever, just like it changed my life. So we're going to talk about how to get some wisdom. Now, you want to know, I know all of you, you, you have questions that you need some answers to. Like, you guys want wisdom. I want wisdom. You, you have some serious questions. Who, uh, who am I supposed to marry? Or before we get there, who am I supposed to date? Who am I supposed to pursue a relationship with? What career does God want me to have? Where am I called to live? God, where, where, have you, where are you going to place me on this earth? Is it going to be here forever? Is it going to be somewhere else? What, what am I supposed to study? What am I supposed to major in? What path am I, am I supposed to go on? God has answers for you. God has wisdom to give you. But it's not always just those very specific answers. Oftentimes, it's wisdom principles. It's wisdom characteristics that he wants to deposit in your heart, like the principle of finishing strong, the principle of integrity, the principle of, let's say, tithing and giving to God. There's so many principles that God wants to teach you. And you know what? God doesn't just have one nugget of wisdom for you. He has fields and fields of wisdom in store for you. And in 2017, you're going to get some of it. So let's get into the Word of God, and let's figure out how we can make 2017 the year of wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 3. The scenario is that King David had just died. King David was a great king. He just died, and the kingdom goes to his son Solomon. So Solomon becomes king, and one of the very first things that Solomon does is that he goes up onto a mountaintop to worship God. He goes up to pray and to worship God. All these people come with him. And up there, on top of the mountain, Solomon, he has a thousand burnt offerings that he gives to the Lord. These are a thousand animals that he puts on the altar. And I know in in, in this day and age it kind of sounds barbaric, but it really wasn't in that culture because animals were so valuable. And they didn't, you know, they didn't put an animal on an altar to be killed uh, out of pleasure or anything barbaric. This was an offering to God because animals were so valuable. Life is so valuable. But a thousand burnt offerings he gives to the Lord as an act of worship. So this, this is Solomon making a statement that he is serious about worshiping God. He's serious about putting God first. <clears throat> and so that night, Solomon goes to sleep, and he has a dream, and the Lord appears to him in the dream. And the Lord says, Solomon, ask me what I will give you. Ask me for what I shall give you. He's basically saying, ask me for anything. Go ahead, ask me. So Solomon thinks about it, and he says, I'm going to ask for understanding and for the wisdom to govern the people well. 
That's what he asked for. Now, he could have asked for honor and riches. He could have asked for the death of his enemies. He could have asked for long life. <clears throat> but he doesn't ask for any of these things. He asks, God, give me wisdom and understanding to govern well, to be a good leader. And this is a blessing to God. God is so impressed by Solomon's request that he says, all right, I'm going to give you for what you asked for. In fact, I'm going to give you so much wisdom that there has never been anyone as wise as you, and there will never be anyone like you for the rest of time. That's how much wisdom that God gave Solomon. And then he, God said, I'm going to give you what you did not ask for. Because you asked for this, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm, on, I'm going to give you riches and honor. And you're going to be so wealthy that no other king can compare to you. No other kingdom's wealth can compare to yours. And he said, if you will follow my commandments, I'll also give you long life. So Solomon, because of this experience with God, Solomon was the wisest man other than Jesus to ever walk the face of the earth. He had so much wisdom, and it was all from God. Now, even though Solomon had great wisdom, doesn't mean that he always used it because there's a difference between knowing and doing. But Solomon still had great, great wisdom. And he wrote most of the book of Proverbs. And uh, Proverbs is a special book. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. One chapter a day for every day of the month. Okay? I want to challenge you at the start of January. This is today's January 3rd. I want to challenge you to read one chapter of Proverbs every day. And you could do this for January. If you want to continue to do it, I would recommend it. <clears throat> I would definitely recommend doing it all year long because you're going to grow so much in wisdom because this isn't, Proverbs is not just Solomon's writings. These are Solomon's writings as he's inspired by God. And God gave him the wisdom that he had in the first place. So Proverbs is full of just rich wisdom. There are so many good nuggets of truth in there. I want to challenge you, and I would love for all of us to do this together. Read a chapter of Proverbs every day. So today's January 3rd, read Proverbs 3. Tomorrow, read Proverbs 4. We can do this. We're going to grow in wisdom. <clears throat> so we know that Solomon had a lot of wisdom, but the question is, how can we get some of that? How can we get some wisdom? How can we grow in that? All right, let's look at Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Proverbs 9, 10, it's, this is a two-part verse, okay? Part one is this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here's part two. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Now, I want to talk about part two first. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. That's what true wisdom is. It's knowledge of God, the Holy One. It's not just about worldly wisdom. It's not just about education. There's something deeper. There's something even more supernatural, more powerful than worldly wisdom. And it's the wisdom of God. Knowledge 
of the Holy One. That is true insight. So if you want knowledge, first, you got to figure out what kind of knowledge do you want? Do you want worldly knowledge? Yeah, yeah, we want that. There's nothing against that. And I'm not ever, I'm not saying, you know, don't get an education. You do need to get an education because if you, if you educate yourself, then, and if you go to school and, and you do that, that proves that you're diligent, that you're willing to work hard, which is a principle from God. It also proves that you're faithful with the gifts that God has given you. And you're going you're gonna to do something great, and you need education. But education is not the only thing. Worldly education taught from men and women is not the only thing. There's something bigger, and that is the wisdom of God. The knowledge of God, that is true insight. So what kind of knowledge do you want? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 through 29. Now this is kind of a long verse, but I want you to read this closely. I want you to pay attention to the language because this gives hope to people that maybe not feel like they're in the club of elites. This gives hope to people that you know that there's something more than just college. You know that there, you know, there's something more than even you know, your master's degree or your doctorate. There's something more. And there's something supernatural, which is the wisdom of God. There's something deeper. Let's, let's read this verse. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. We can't boast about our own wisdom, because that's being wise in our own eyes. But what's truly valuable is to be wise in the eyes of God. And if we are wise in the eyes of God, it's only because of God. Only because God has given us wisdom. But there's some really cool things in these verses, okay? First, we learn that the foolishness of God is wiser than any human wisdom, which is just really cool because, I don't know, if you ever hear about the, the, the two scientists that they, they came to God and, and they said, you know, we have figured out a way to create a man out of dirt. We know that you did this, we've heard it, and it's been a you know, big story for a long time, but we have found a way to create a man using dirt. And God says, okay, uh, I want to I see this, all right? Go ahead. And so they grabbed some dirt, and God said, whoa, 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 get your own dirt. Because he made the dirt too, right? But the, the, even the foolishness of God is wiser than any human wisdom. We also see from these verses that a lot of people in the early church, they, they weren't powerful, they weren't wealthy, they weren't this elite in the world's eyes, but God chose them to put to shame those that think they are wise, which means that, that there's hope for us to get 
the wisdom of God. There's hope for all of us to get a great education. There's hope for all of us to, to learn everything that, that, that men can teach us. But there's a greater hope. There's something more powerful out there, which is the wisdom of God. And do you remember who God chose, who Jesus chose when he was picking guys that were going to carry the gospel to the nations of the world? <clears throat> he picked fishermen, tax collectors, normal guys, guys that they weren't rabbis, they weren't priests, they weren't doing these amazing things. Jesus picked ordinary guys. He picked people that nobody else would pick. And, and these were the guys, these were the men that he, he imparted his teachings into. He put his wisdom into. He put his passion and his love into. And these guys carried the message. And those guys are the reason that, that we have these scriptures today. These guys wrote a lot of them, didn't they? And the reason the gospel has gone all over the world because a fisherman dropped his nets and never looked back. And God gave him the wisdom to reach people. And I'm telling you, God has a special plan for your life, for your life. And it's, it's not just to make money. Nothing wrong with making money. Nothing wrong with it. But use it as a tool to accomplish something eternal. Because if we're just living for what we can get in our lifetime, the, the houses, the cars, the boats, I, I like all that stuff too, right? I, I'm, I'm human, but, but also I want to live for eternity. I don't want to live with a temporary mindset. Like, man, I'm going to get, get all that I can get and, and show everybody how smart I am so that I can make more and more and more for me and me and me. There's something bigger than that, which is the wisdom of God. God wants to plant wisdom in you to make an eternal impact. Amen? So, get an education, but the best education that you could ever get doesn't come close to comparing to the wisdom of God. And God wants to give you His wisdom. Do you put worldly wisdom ahead of God's wisdom? Think about that. Do you do that? Do you put worldly wisdom ahead of God's wisdom? Well, you can tell by what you spend time doing every day. Do you spend time seeking the wisdom that the world can provide, or do you spend time seeking God's wisdom? If you have that backward, this is your year to put God first. This is the year of wisdom for you. All right, so we're going to go back. Romans chapter 9, verse 10. You remember how I said there's two parts to that verse, and I, we looked at part 2. Now we're going to look at part 1. Proverbs 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to know how to get wisdom from God? You want to know how to become wise? This is it. This is our starting point and our quest for wisdom. This is the starting point. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you won't just find that once in the book of Proverbs. You will find that several times in that whole book. He, he repeats it a few times because it's a theme. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, well, what does that mean? To fear the Lord, it means to honor. 
the Lord. It means to respect the Lord, to revere the Lord, to put Him first, to always be thinking about His opinions instead of thinking about other people's opinions. To fear the Lord, to honor Him, to greatly revere Him. It's not about being afraid of God, but it's about being in awe of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's our starting point. To put Him first in all that we do. When we put God first, wisdom just flows. When God is at the top of our list of priorities, wisdom just happens. The doors just open and clarity comes. Do we we put too much emphasis on our own understanding? Or are we seeking God's understanding? Do we put too much trust in ourselves and not enough trust in God? Well, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it tells us not to do that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own what? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. That's the beginning of wisdom. That's it. Do you get it? Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Not leaning at all on your own understanding. Acknowledging him in everything that you do, and he'll make your path straight. Clarity comes. Doors open up. Things start to become more simple. Things that were complicated become a little bit easier Because the wisdom of God is flowing when we put God first. How about Matthew 6, 33? The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You see how God has to come first. If you want wisdom, God has to come first. The wisdom does not come before God. The wisdom does not come before your relationship with him. If your relationship with him is close and intimate and powerful, the wisdom is just going to flow. Years ago, there was a, a, a minister, famous minister, <clears throat> and this minister had done some good things, but behind the scenes, he did some very bad things. Behind the scenes, he broke the law, and he was found out, he went to prison. Sitting in prison, this famous minister who was once on TV and and, had traveled all over the world preaching the gospel, he's in prison. And during that time, he humbled himself, and he repented. When he gets out of prison, there was another minister that spent some time with him, and he asked him, at what point did you fall out of love with God? And he looked at him, he said, I never fell out of love with God. I've always loved God. What I lost was the fear of the Lord. I never stopped loving God. I just stopped honoring Him. I stopped respecting Him and revering Him. And that is how He got off track. May that never happen to me or you. May that never happen to us. May we... Put God first on our list of priorities. May we fear the Lord. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I want to be wise. I know you want to be wise. You need wisdom. 
You're not called to live a small life. You're called to live a big life with meaning, with purpose. You are called to make a difference, to make an impact, to live with passion, to be a bigger person, to be a forgiver, to to be one full of mercy, to to have ideas that are going to help people. Not living just for you. You are called to live for more than that. When you live for God, you're a servant to everyone. Like Jesus, he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant. He had so much wisdom, he didn't just come to this earth and and get rich and live for himself. The wisest of all people will be a servant. And that's why Jesus was the servant of all. We have such incredible potential inside of us. It's not because of our talent. It's not because of our brain, not because of our skill. It's because we have Jesus in us. There is so much potential. But have we lost the fear of the Lord? I know we love God. I know we love to come and worship God. We love to sing. We we love the energy that happens when we're uh, in church. We love the relationships We love talking about forgiveness. We love talking about the cross and the resurrection and how much God loves us. But sometimes it's a little bit too selfish of us because we need to have the fear of the Lord. We need to remember who he really is and worship him like the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Sometimes the way we pray We pray like Jesus is taking orders from us. We talk about, hey, as as long as Jesus is is in my boat, no matter what storms come, man, he's going to bring peace to every storm. Guess what? Jesus doesn't get in your boat. You have to get in his boat. He doesn't obey you. You obey him. When you honor him, he will honor you. But it's not the other way around. You honor him first. You put him first. You fear him first. And then the wisdom and the blessing and the destiny, all of that happens. The spouse, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll be amazing when you put God first. The career, it'll be amazing. It'll be fantastic. But you have to put God first or you throw everything out of whack. And everything gets messed up. And this is how people's lives become a mess. It's so simple. How how do we miss it? How do we get so off track? When God is not at the top of our list, it throws our lives way off. And that is what's important. Do you remember the Lord's Prayer? You know the Lord's Prayer? The first part. What's the first part? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed, it means to honor as holy. We call his name holy. We honor him when we say hallowed be your name. It means to greatly revere and respect, much like the fear of the Lord. In the Lord's Prayer, this is the first thing that happens. And then we ask him for his kingdom to come and his will to be done. And then we ask him for our daily bread. 
and to forgive us of our trespasses and so on. But the first thing that happens is the, the worship. That's the first thing that happens, to hallowed be your name, to honor him, to fear him. Again, it is not a, a fear where we become afraid of God. It is an awe of God. Have you lost your awe of God? Because he is awesome. He is worthy. He is worthy of all the praise that we could ever give him and more. He's worthy. Have you lost your awe? Have you lost your sense of wonder when you think about God? Is your relationship with God all about you? What about him? We say we're following him. We're following him, right? That means he's in front. Wherever he goes, we have to follow. Sometimes we act like he's supposed to follow us. No. If that happens, then we get left behind. Because he's not following us. We follow him. We fear him. That is the beginning of wisdom. Do you remember the story of Solomon that I just shared? The first thing that he does as king goes up on top of the mountain and prays and he worships and he gives a thousand burnt offerings and then the Lord appears to him saying, what do you want? And he says, wisdom. That's what we need to grow in, but it's not going to happen. This is not going to be the year of wisdom if God is second or third or fourth or fifth. I want to, we're going to go in this series, we're going to talk about wisdom. We're going to talk about how to get it. We're going to talk about how to use it. But this has to come first because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How do you, how do you fear him? If you're not in love with him like you should be, how do you get there? If you're not close to God, how do you get there? Here's how. Spend time with him. That's not rocket science. Spend time with God. You pray. You talk to him. You, you get quiet and you listen for him. You get in his words and you read this scripture because it's not just another book. It's living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's special. If you don't love him like you should, how do you get there? Think about how much he loves you. You meditate on that. Just realize how much he's forgiven you and how much he loves you and how much he cares about you. And the love for him, it'll come. You'll fall in love with him when you realize how much he loves you. The awe will come. It'll be there. This is your year to grow close to God. It's your year of wisdom, but first, this is your year to grow close to God. I don't know what's been holding you back. Maybe it's shame because you've got secret sin in your life. It's time to surrender it to God. Yeah, but I really like it. I mean, I will give God 99%, but there's that one thing that I just can't seem to let go of. You do not want to hold on to that garbage. It only ruins you. You don't want to hang on to it. Let it go. Give it to God. Surrender it to God. This is your year. 
to draw near to God. James chapter 4, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's the fear of the Lord, is to draw near to him. There is no wiser choice than to draw near to God. Amen? There is no wiser choice that you can make than to draw near to God. And you draw near to him by honoring him. So think about your life. Think about your to-do lists. Think about your priorities. Honor him in all of those things. Honor him with your time. Honor him with your money. Honor him with your relationships. Honor him with your schedule, with your to-do lists, with your possessions, with your words, with your thoughts, with your actions. Honor him. And everything else will just flow. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you accomplished through Solomon. We just think back to that time when he worshipped you on top of the mountain. And you appeared to him saying, what shall I give you? Lord, I ask that, that you would appear to us, that in 2017 that you would speak to us. That you would be in communion with us, God. Because I believe that not only is this to be the year of wisdom for us, but this is the year where we grow close to you, where our relationship with you becomes so intimate that it is literally the most important thing in our lives. If our priorities have been backwards, God, we're going to get them right. And, And this new year, This is a fresh start for us to put you first. You're at the top of our list, and we honor you. We worship you. There is no one like you, God. We fear you. We're in awe of you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of everything. And even as wise as you are and as powerful as you are, you still chose us. You still love us and you're merciful towards us. We're in awe of you. We ask for wisdom, God, but we want to grow close to you. So help us. Whatever is in our way, whatever roadblocks that are in our way of getting closer to you, Lord, Lord, we surrender all of those to you tonight. We give those up. We're not hanging on to that garbage any longer. We surrender it. We repent. For those of you that you would say, I'm far from God. I am far from God right now. I'm not close to God. I need to get right with God. I want to just ask with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. I want to just ask you to lift your hand up and say, that's me. I'm not right with God. I am not right with God, but I want to get right with God tonight. I want to make it right. I want to start brand new in a relationship with Him. I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. Lift your hands if you would say, I need to get saved. I need to be forgiven. I need to be whole. I don't even know what would happen if I were to die. I don't know where I would go. 
but I want to know and I want to get right with God and I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. Lift your hands if that's you. Thank you. Lord, have your way in us. We surrender everything and I thank you for your saving power. You said, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we call on you. We ask for you. Help us. Save us. Give us wisdom. Would you stand up on your feet tonight? Everybody stand up on your feet. We're going to close uh, with a one more song tonight. And Mike's going to come and give some announcements. But let's connect with God right now in this time. Let's fear the Lord. Let's honor the Lord and give him the worship that he deserves.